Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Ten minutes of instruments every night. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. If people had to guess, I think, which one of us made our kids practice for 15 minutes every day and which ones were like, oh, the teacher's coming, you better sit down and run through the song once before <laughs> she gets here. They would get it backwards. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I mean, I'm lying. It's horrible. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. You cast a gimlet eye on, on much of the research I bring oh, into things. Oh, do I ever cast a gimlet eye on you? That is so true. And welcome to this episode of the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking about musical instruments, if you must. <laughs> we have, we've developed sort of the fortune cookie test. Um, you know how you add in bed to a fortune cookie to see how it changes it? Well, we've developed an if you must test. That's how we know if it's a good topic a idea. Good to- teenagers, if you must. And right. really, if you give birth to them and now they're teenagers, you must. <laughs> instruments, if you must. Yes, we 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 both about- must right now, right? You're musting. Y- yeah, I mean, and, and so I have some research ready to go on. Do you really need to? Because I've always just, I mean, when right, we before we even had kids, I, we were sort of like one sport, one instrument. That's how it's going to be. You get yours, and I get mine. It was extremely important to my husband that our kids know the wonders of team sport, and I was like, <laughs> whatever. How's that going? But they're going to lo- learn how to play an instrument too. Okay, fine. So that's what they. Well, it had, no, we haven't even stuck to that now that I think about it. They have all picked up an instrument and they have all tried a team sport. We've done that much. I have a, a strong instrument compulsion. Not really sure where it comes from. My husband's family are all musical. They're, there's a bunch of them and they're all musical. Uh, my family, not super musical, although enjoyers of music. <laughs> And we played instruments growing up, and I was probably the worst. I was, in fact, I believe I have the distinction of being kicked out of the elementary school band. Kicked out? Or at least kicked off my instrument. How low is that bar? I mean, it's pretty low. It's pretty bad. (laughs) I was in fourth grade. What were you playing? I, I went to school, and there was a girl in my class who was like a nationally ranked clarinetist. 
Is that what you call someone who plays the clarinet? Sure. Let's say it, it is, yes. A clarinetorious? A cl- clarinetrix? <laughs> a clarinetrix. Let's go with that. <laughs> she was a clarinetrix, and um, she was really good. Like, I think her dad was probably, like, the professor of woodwinds at, like, I'm Really Good at Music Institute. And so it was like the coup of the school that this girl was in our band and played clarinet in the band. And then also I played the clarinet in the band. Oh. And I was horrible. I the mean, sacred I sacred and I was, the profane, right? I was terrible. Let me tell you, if you haven't started yet, I'm going to lead with some very strong advice. Stay away from the reed instruments. They are really challenging. You can make a lot of interest like you can make a flute sound pretty decent like a reed instrument it's it's tough it's a tough it's a tough road to hoe so wait a flute is not a woodwind it's a woodwind but it doesn't have a reed so oh, a reed all right. is like so a reed little is... piece of wood that goes in the mouthpiece of the clarinet okay See, i'm not, talk- yeah, I'm not down on things. all the woodwinds but okay but you don't want yeah the thing that when the, the ones you have to take out the little is a double reed instrument i mean don't even think about it don't even think about it You'd have to be insane. All right. You know so, what's going to happen in like 20 years? There's going to be a giant glut. There's going to be no oboists in the world. And people are going to be like, what happened? And then they're going to trace it back to this podcast <laughs> when there's an oboe drought. All right. So anyway, I play the clarinet. I'm horrible. I can't even get the reed to work. And so I often like the clarinet has that like, you know, deep tonal sound. And mine often is like, quack, quack, like it sounds like a duck being stepped on. And so after the first performance of the full band in which I'm making ungodly screeching sounds, drowning out the gift that is the young woman whose name I remember, and I'm not going to say it out loud on the podcast, but I could tell you, I could fill it in right now for you because I'm so traumatized by Let's this. Let's call her Clarice. Let's call her Clarice. It's a clarinetrix. That's a perfect name for a clarinetrix. <laughs> uh, Clarice. I, the entire community is outraged that they've come to hear the wonders of Clarice. And instead, Clarice's wonder is being drowned out by the horrors of Meg Martin. Why didn't they just give her a solo? I think they did. Oh, but probably, even, yeah. even with that, it was still a problem. That you were so, even, yeah, even in the in the ears of the people at the same time as Sarah was a problem. I was muddying the icy blue waters of Clarice's clarinet wonders with my hideous foulitude. And so I was kicked off the clarinet and I had to move to the bass clarinet, which is like a really hideous saxophone. Is it easier to play? I don't know. It's not. But I just got I, at least it moved me way away away from Clarice in the band. They should have put you on the triangle like Ed Grimley. <laughs> they should have. Because let me tell you what did not ignite a passion in music for me throughout the rest of my life. The bass clarinet. Oh, I didn't it even was, know there was such a thing. It was a. Let me. I'm gonna. We'll put a picture of it up on the show page because it really is, like the saxophone's sad and ugly cousin. I do think that if you're going to pick an instrument for your kids, learn from uh, my own mistakes in this that it's good to have them play an instrument where you play a B. It sounds like a B, like a, a you know a piano. You just sit down, you press a note, and it sounds like a note. They can be good or bad, but there isn't this sort of three-year warm-up to having a note come out that sounds like a note. Do you know what I mean? 
I we mean, had... I'm totally down with that theory. But again, like, <laughs> this is going to be like the pet episode. Like, listen, if you have to get a pet, get a snail. Like, we're, we might, I mean, there are people who might have a passion for music and want their kids to, like, actually pay, play an oboe someday. My my daughter, um, when she was three, four, really wanted violin lessons. And so, so we said, okay. And we waited until she was five, thinking. She was asking. She was asking. She was really driven by it. And to this day, she doesn't really know. Like, I'm like, why, why, why did you want to play the violin so much? I don't know. So she worked on it. She did okay. Um, to be good at the violin, I mean, that's a lifestyle. You're supposed. To, she's supposed to be listening to Suzuki tapes while she's in the bathtub. And I'm just not that kind of Sorry. parent. I'm not quite that dedicated. Um and so it took her, oh, you know, she did She did okay, but it took her like, you know, two or three years to play, oh, Susanna, oh, oh don't you cry for me. It was like that. Right. And then her teacher, because um, of course you can imagine New York City, you get these fantastic Hard music course. teachers, like, completely they're overqualified. Right. They're straight out of like the symphony. Yeah. And, and, and her violin teacher got a national tour and was like, this is my last lesson, but don't worry, my friend's going to come. And Maggie sort of stepped in and was like, mom, no, Ixnay, no more, no more violin lessons. Here. And she's like, we I kind of, yeah, I kind of liked my teacher. I don't like You're playing like, the violin. You're like, this is our out. We can, yeah. we can chew our leg out of this bear trap, mom. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize we were free to leave, but now, now she plays the <laughs> piano. <to> leave. Um, <laughs> she plays, uh, actually, so, so my kids play I have one kid who played the horn um, with. What is a horn? What do you uh, mean? It, 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 there's like a brass bugle? band. Like with, in this kid, my kid's school, when they get to fourth grade, they have to either join the chorus or join the brass band. And it would seem to me that um, chorus is is easy, and brass band right. required lugging an instrument back and forth. But both of my boys were quite certain brass band is the place to be. Well, yeah, um, that makes sense for a boy. And so, so my oldest guy played played the horn for a while, and I mean, he was fine. He well, what was, is a horn? Oh, well, he plays the cornet. Played the cornet. Is that a trumpet? It's kind of like a small trumpet, yeah. And then he got then he got to high school, and he's like, like, "Well, that's not that." Word horn, like that's a thing. I've never heard of a horn. I mean, I've heard of like a horn, like an eighteen horn section. Yeah, <laughs> an entire horn section. This is a brass a band. No, it's like a small trumpet. That no, sounds familiar. No woodwinds. I'm sure oh if God. they're just apologies in advance to anyone who knows anything about. Music oh my God! I know. I just podcast, was thinking their heads are exploding. If their brass band teacher could hear me saying, "Like he plays like a horn, it's like a small trumpet." I'm, it's not. I'm sure it's nothing you know, like a small trumpet. You know, we would wake us up with reverie every morning, and you know. <laughs> um, but my other guy that was my version of it. Oh my God, we're horrible. My middle guy's pretty good, um, but apparently what does he, play? he plays the, horn? the cornet also. Okay. And the brass band and the piano, and he sings and. Um, and he's like really into the piano. Like he'll like go upstairs and play the piano by himself just to do it without me making him, which is uh, well. I, think I do very think unusual. there is something to be said for the thing of exposing your kids to music because some of them might like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like this kid, my kid who my kids are all like love them all. They're all musical. I have one who's super hyper musical, and I could I like tell. How you said you love them all. That was your <laughs> they're all pretty like, good. My kids, listen, love them all. You know. But my favorite, no, the, the he's exactly. he's really uh, he's really musical, and it, and I'm pretty musical. Uh, I played the piano for nine years, and I can mm. still play the introduction of Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Oh, could you please record all. that and put it on the um, <laughs> podcast page? Yes. I would pay you. That's your live. Wait a minute. That's our Facebook live this week. Is me playing Sister Christian? Me playing Sister Christian. Uh, that's all I can play. That's all. That's all I have left. I can read. I can sight sing. Like I can if go to church and I can wants sing. To um, mail me a bass clarinet. I will rock out a, a little. I think I made it to hot cross buns. I think I can knock that out for you guys. 
Uh, Beware. Let me go back to something you were saying earlier because I want to establish some instrument go-tos. Okay. Rules. Takeaways. And I have one already. My oldest... So we started piano lessons with a nice lady. You know, lady came to the house, taught piano. The kids were mildly into it. Summer came, we kind of fell away from it. My mother-in-law was sort of helping teach them. I don't know, Every everybody just sort of fell away a little bit from the piano. Because then my oldest was starting fourth grade and he has band, and so he chose the trumpet. And then my youngest was still enough into the piano that she's still practicing, and so my middle guy came to me and said, I wanna play the violin, which was surprising to me because he's like a real... Like, otherwise, he takes, like, ninja class, and he likes break dancing. Like, I would have never in a million years thought of the violin for this kid. And, like, where did they, where did they get this? Like, what television show is teaching our children that they really want to be playing the violin? Is there, like, what's in the I drinking water? I don't know water? where these came from, but he yeah. was like, nope, it's the, for me, it's the violin. So I signed him up for some local lessons, and I will say, headline, instrument lessons are unbelievably expensive. I could not believe how expensive they were. And, I mean, it really is that thing where you see, like, Thank goodness they have a band at school. Like, we could not afford instrument lessons for three kids. It's insane how much they cost. And so that's an obstacle. But then we went, and I had noticed this in my um, kid when he took, I liked the intro piano lessons taught me a lot about how my kids were going to approach overall problems. And I found very quickly, and I said day one to his violin teacher, which was not like Suzuki method. It's just a guy, sweet kid who teaches violin. Kid, he's like, you know graduate student he's gotta he's gotta hear a song as soon as possible like he's not you know the first day was like plick 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 we have a there was a i remember my sister played violin and we went to um the recital for it and of course it's like 30 kids all doing their number and the first like 10 kids are three and four years old and they stand up and they would announce in this very serious tone, I will now pluck hot cross buns. Oh. And to this day, if we're facing like a horrible undertaking, someone in the family will turn to the others of us and say, I will now pluck hot cross buns. Like you're gonna be listening to 10 kids pluck hot cross buns right now. And Good you're not Lord. gonna like it. So I said to the teacher right away, I said, listen, my sense is that this kid needs to be able to play a song as fast as possible. That's my goal for him. Because he's not going to sit here and pluck hot cross buns until it's perfect. And the guy kind of worked with me. And my son is now horrible, cats boiling in oil, screechily screeching out um, songs. And he really likes to practice and he's getting better. But I think if I hadn't gone in with that approach of like, hey, this kid is very results oriented. He doesn't like to be bad at something. I'm not looking for this kid. I, I will bet you a lot of money is never going to play in the New York Symphony. And so let's just get him to enjoy playing the violin. And I, I think we've gotten there. When uh, my son first took piano, his first piano lesson, he played a song called This Is Not Jingle Bells. That was the name of the song because it was like dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And that made it like not Jingle Bells. And he was so proud of that song because, yes, it was it was a totally recognizable tune. But wait, it's not Jingle Bells. And you're right. And also, I don't, I'm not a musical person. I don't read music. I don't play an instrument. I am really good singing along with the radio in my car. I kill the Hamilton soundtrack. But otherwise, I'm not super musical. And it really helps me 
my daughter was practicing prenatal the other day, and she's playing a bunch of songs. And I said, "Play old McDonald," because then I can tell her that I know the notes aren't right. And she's right, like, "Dang, dang, 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 dang." I'm like, "Oh, that's not right. You hit the wrong note on the fifth note." Like, otherwise, that's the only way I can help them. Yeah, that's a good point. That we want them to play recognizable songs for our own sake as well. Well, and also just so that you can say, I mean, I don't know. I can't make out that screeching otherwise. I'm like, I don't know if that's right or wrong. All right. Well, let's enumerate, if we will, all the all the hassles for parents that are involved with musical instrument studying. You, you said I am ready. The cost is the enormous. The cost is unbelievably exorbitant and crazy. Although I will say instruments last forever. My fourth grader is playing my the trumpet that someone gave my brother in middle school. That is a 36-year-old trumpet. Is that right? Yeah, they Don't... last and last. I was embarrassed to bring it to the music shop. I said, I mean, it looks like a 30, it looks like so it looks like a 136-year-old trumpet, and I brought them in, and the guy at the music shop said, "Oh no, these things last forever. Just oil it up." And it looks like it's been through a war, but it kind of gives my fourth grader a little cred. He looks cool. But like a reed instrument that was 40 years old, Maybe it wouldn't survive, but I, I still don't know. think you just need a new reed. You just need to tune it up. Last a long time. If you're anyone's right. got one in the attic, just say that's that's what you're going to play. It's today. fine. Well, you I mean you're right. Like there's there old pianos and old violins are are, are of tremendous and value. And a piano, you've got to get tuned. You just got to get them like a little spruced up, but but they last. Okay. Yeah. And you don't need a nice one. But the problem is, your kid wants the trumpet or the violin. I mean, the violin is expensive, as I don't have to tell you. Well, that's, we rent. We rent. Yeah, it's, but even renting is not nothing. I mean, it isn't $10. I, find if you rent, I mean, we rent from the place we take lessons, and the, the renting is not terrible with the lessons. But you spend, you spend the money on the lesson. You spend the money on the instrument. And then, the, then making your kid practice is a never-ending uh, chore of, yeah, of fighting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Because here's the thing, they have to practice or they won't get better. I took nine years of piano lessons and practiced mostly uh, in the 20 minutes before I had to leave for my piano lesson. Uh, Amy, I'm going back to uh, my favorite thing in my house. It's our friend, the whiteboard. Oh. <laughs> 10 minutes of instruments every night. Do you, do you take the paint all at once? Do you have a like multiphonic? Three kids playing three different instruments. Wow. All at the same time. Let me tell you, invest in earplugs. It's a horror show in my house. And often I'm, I sneakily don't set the timer until five minutes in. So I get 15 minutes of practice every single night. And it's just because none of my kids are really playing. They're not that good. But it's just 15 minutes a night of practice. And then if they decide to take it a little bit more seriously, they're going to have to practice more than that. But it, it, it's part of our nightly routine. I am impressed. and reading are together on the whiteboard. I didn't, I didn't know this about you. And if... And, if people had to guess, I think, which one of us made our kids practice for 15 minutes every day and which ones were like, oh, the teacher's coming, you better sit down and run through the song once before she gets here. <laughs> they would get it backwards. They would get it backwards. But you have to I make them I live and practice. die by that whiteboard, man. I just find the fewer questions we ask about what's going to make up the day, the better. All right. I guess I'll get a whiteboard and make them practice. Well, we just, it's like, I, almost your kids are almost too old for it. My kids are still a little bit in the mode where I can... The whiteboard runs their lives, and they 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 find that reasonable. Well, you know, my so my my thirteen year old, he's the he's uh, the pretty good piano player, and his teacher gave him a Bartok 
piece to play. And um, she, they emerged after his lesson and she said, you know, I, I gave him this piece. I am going to get something easier because I'm not sure he's going to get this done in time for the recital. It might just be too hard. So I'm going to get another one and then we'll decide. And guess what? That was what he needed to hear. Right. I think she was practicing a little let me overhear, you know, let him Reverse overhear psychology. me telling his mom, I'm not sure he's going to make it. And then he now he now he practices and practices that piece because I think he wants to play the harder one. He wants to prove he can do it. I think that so a lot of instruments is figuring out how your kid works. And it's a it's kind of a good way to gauge how your kid works. <laughs> Even if the answer is incredibly resistant to instruction and <laughs> probably shouldn't. Well, my oldest plays the trumpet in the band. He's pretty terrible, but I I assume he's terrible pretty much like all the other kids are terrible. Like, he's not great at the trumpet. And one of the things that he really likes to do is play songs that he knows, quote, on the trumpet, unquote. He's like, I'm just going to play, like, Believer. You know that song? Believer, Believer. You know that song? No. Magic Dragons, maybe? (laughs) Anyway, it's big with the fourth grade set. Oh, that one. Yes, I know. You know. Um, when you said Imagine we, Dragons, it came to mind. Yes. He just blows the rhythm into the trumpet. He's not playing any of the notes that are correct, but he's just like, like he's just playing it. So I let him do that. That's 15 minutes of piano practice. I mean, of trumpet practice to me. Now I've cut back a little bit and I'm like, you can do that for five minutes and then 10 minutes you have to actually practice the songs because now they're actually working on songs. But, and my... Five-year-old just sometimes sits down at the piano and just bangs keys. Like, I don't, I just try to make it like, oh, you you practice your instrument at night. We read every day. Like, these are just, we're just at the table. We don't talk about not liking the food. Like, I'm just trying to set a lot of overall realities in place so that they just don't think to question them. Look, I got a study for you. You want to hear a study? Um, Do I? Let me think. Yes, I do. Because uh, I, I decided I was going to investigate whether all this... Does the study say, it's fine, give up on this. It's a nightmare for everyone and you're spending half your take-home pay. Just forget about it. Instruments are actually bad for kids' brains. Well, I found I found like 10 reasons why they're supposed to be good. And mm. we can uh, we can go through them and decide if we buy them or not. But this right. one I thought was particularly interesting that playing an instrument... As a child makes you less prone to dementia as an old person. I mean, I'll take it. It's not going to be my problem when my kids That's kind of a long... Let's be honest. That's that's kind of a long, uh, long arc goal for your eight-year-old to really grasp. But they... So the University of Kansas... Well, for your eight-year-old, yeah. I, I wouldn't even... <laughs> Get upstairs. In, I, wouldn't in, I wouldn't introduce that at piano <laughs> practice time. <laughs> but so By the way, you're not going to be de- have dementia when you're... Eight. You're less likely to, but this is so. This yeah, you're is, less. And you might still. You, you might, might. You might. So, there, but so knock that hot cross buns out of the park, hun. So the University of Kansas Medical Center had a group of people. Okay, between, your first one it was terrible. So let's hope this is better. No, no, this, oh, this they, is the same study. We're still on dementia because this is what's interesting about it. So the so the people are between sixty and eighty, and they some of them had no musical training, some of them had you know like one to five years, and some of them were serious musicians. And all of them had similar levels of education. And then they went under they went under a, uh, a neuropsych exam. And those who had studied music the longest did the best. Those who studied music a little bit did the second best. And those who had never picked up an instrument did the worst. And most of them didn't play the instrument until they were 10 because they lived in a non-child-centered world, right? So they didn't play right. an instrument until they were 10. And then most of them played the piano, although it says about a quarter played woodwinds. 
Wood wins. What happened to people who got kicked out of their elementary school? <laughs> I think you're I think you're coming in second on the test is what it's saying. Okay, so there's some hope for me. There's some there's some hope. Should I give Not you much. should I give you some more? I'm gonna see if you buy them. All right. You cast a gimlet eye on, on much of the research I bring oh, into things. Oh, do I ever cast a gimlet eye on you? That is so true. <laughs> so, just sums me up. Let's see about this. Some researchers say that music can bring down stress by actually lowering blood pressure. Like while you're playing, it's lowering your blood pressure. Agree. It's a very meditative activity. For Agree. the person playing that's the only issue with this one it, it, oh it brings up the blood pressure of everyone <laughs> having to listen to like a moose getting kicked in the face yeah. yes yeah so it's but it's good for your kids to bring down stress agree it makes kids smarter i mean i think we all kind yeah, of right uh, I, that's I, one of those studies where it's like like probably the more right it, privileged it must you are and the more your parents are paying attention to you the more you likely you are to play an answer it's like what does smarter mean? Right. Uh, that one I'm giving a thumbs maybe. Right. Well, they say there was a study that said that music training was better than um, computer instruction and in teaching kids abstract reasoning. I mean, of course that makes sense, but you're also dealing with a lot of variables there. Uh, music teachers feel that music can help teach patience because you have to... Again, only in the person exactly. playing the instrument. It teaches lack of patience in the parent. <laughs> you can't... There's no instant gratification when it comes to the uh, bass clarinet. You have to you have to practice, and then it teaches <laughs> There's them. actually no gratification ever patience. when it comes to the bass clarinet, I found out. If they participate in music at an early age, it stimulates different patterns of brain development that makes it easier for them to learn foreign languages when they get older. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. How about this one? Noted singer-musician and Bollywood music composer Shankar Mahadevan quoted okay. himself. I read I read an article by himself, and he quoted himself in the article. So, so here's, it, it builds confidence. Yes. He, he wrote, The art of music is so deep and profound that it has to be approached with a bit of intensity but great affectionate joy. It can bring back the fun factor into your life. I agree with that, and that is something that I'm trying to to do with my kids. I heard a study a long time ago. It was about sports. And they polled all of these parents watching their kids, or professional athletes. And it was sort of like, well, what, what was the most motivating thing that your parents said to you as an athlete? And the result of the study was that the most motivating thing you can say to your child athlete is, I love watching you play. Not... Um, yeah. You're the best. You're great. You're. Uh, you, I'm so proud you won. Just, I love watching you play. I, I read that article and I live by it when I go to the seventh grade basketball games. And I do it with instruments as well. Although it's a lie. <laughs> I often say, gosh, I love listening to you play the piano. I mean, I'm lying. It's horrible. But I do think instruments can so quickly become I don't understand why I'm doing this I hate it I only do it because mom wants me to and the reality is if you have a nine-year-old who is working on hot cross buns the chance of them making their living as a professional musician is pretty small you're basically playing for the sake of finding joy in it that reminds me of that that uh, when we were talking about sports and you were saying um that you know there is there's this very overblown notion of the number of parents who really think their kid is a chance of playing professional sports it's it's 10x what will actually happen and i think that probably doesn't exist with with musicians 
Because, of course, professional athletes make a lot of money and professional musicians don't. So maybe there's oh, not even the same. Oh, but there's a whole scene with that with musicians, too. You know, my nephew played trumpet. He played all through high school. He played in the brass quartet or something all four years of college. And he wrote this little Facebook post uh, for his before his last show in college. And he said something like, I've played my trumpet in front of people. He was in a little ensemble even in high school, and they, they would play, like, the coffee shop in town and stuff. And he's like, I've played my trumpet for, whatever, 10 years, and this may be the last time I ever play it in front of a crowd of people. And it really struck me, like, he was kind of reflecting on the joy that that had given him, and, like, that's kind of the end of the road. He's an engineer now, and he went out to work at a company, and he may not recreationally join a band, you know? But it was really nice to see him reflect on how much he'd gotten out of playing the trumpet, even if the last time he was really going to play it was when he was 21 years old. But his take, yeah, his takeaway was not, well, what was all that for? I'm never going to play again. Now his takeaway was, look how much this has given me. And yeah, I'm a his takeaway was over. like, man, I really loved playing the trumpet. And you never, you never know. You know, I have a fun story about instruments, but I'm going to save it for after the break. Okay, let's take a break. I want to hear that story when we come back. Yeah. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, 
zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Coming soon to iTunes, straight out of elementary school, it's The Sounds of Children's Instruments, an album of truly unforgettable selections that will leave you wondering, why did I have children again? Relax to the dulcet tones of a moose being slowly beaten to death. With this number, straight from the fourth grade brass section. Are the high screeching cries of a pack of rabid weasels more your speed? If so, you'll love track six being played by a second grader on the violin. And for a whole new experience in unremitting ear torture, try track seven. We're not even sure it's a song, but it is a third grader busting it out hardcore on the recorder. This collection of tunes has something for everyone, from a sugared-up 18-month-old banging crazily on the xylophone to a five-year-old who's just learned all the words to her favorite Katy Perry song. The sounds of children's instruments coming soon wherever you buy music. That's lovely, honey. You know what? It might sound even better outside. Primary. Yes. Primary clothes for babies, kids, are like very, very basic single-colored clothing items. I actually just ordered a bunch from my from my daughter. Um, she wears leggings under her uniform to school every day. So I got her four pairs of leggings because she was outgrowing all the ones she had. They're just, and it just is so easy. They're like, they're 100% cotton and they come in blue or these 10 other colors and they're... Uh, they're great. I got her a blouse for school too. And I also got her a couple of long sleeve t-shirts and bright colors because they were so cheap. And then they just kind of go with anything. Then they can get a little uh, rock and roll on top of that. And you have a basic layer that just works. Right. All the crazy stuff. Sometimes you need the basic, like, okay, if you're going to wear the like Jaguar print skirt with the giant Muppet sweater, let's just put some single colored leggings under it and try to just dial the crazy down a little bit. Right. And if you go to the store, it can be really hard to find the dial down stuff that, that doesn't Oh, you have... can't find them. You're not going to any store that has like pieces that will fit in with the crazy. And don't have the anything on them. Does. Right, right. Yeah. And I hope, Amy, that when you went to primary to order those leggings for your daughter, you used our code. Of course I did. Our Tell code us about that. is bit.ly slash primary fresh and you get 20% off your first order. 
And you get to support the What Fresh Hell podcast, which I know you want to do. Come it's on. in your heart. So you're going to bit.ly slash primary fresh to tell them that we sent you. Okay, we're back. Are you ready for the fun? I think I am. So my in-laws live in Texas, and I don't know if it was through a church or how it got actually put together, but they started an adult symphony, and it was people who'd never played instruments before. Oh my gosh. And they learned to play instruments. And so my father-in-law plays the um, stand-up bass. My mother-in-law plays the viola. That's incredible. And because I, I would feel that that would be as hard for me now as learning learning Mandarin Chinese. That just, oh, okay, well, that's... I'm not going to pick up the double well, bass at this point. They had they were inspired somewhat by like the dementia studies and the idea that like playing an instrument is so good for your brain. My in-laws are, you know, in their 60s, 70s. And I think most of the people in the who are playing in it are now I have to watch what word I use. Older people, <laughs> people who are a little older than us. They are not elderly people. They are older people. But isn't that fun? That's I, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I was so tickled by that idea. I was like, what a great, it's such a great, fun, hopeful thing to do. Because that's right, I feel like I missed the boat on instruments. Once my clarinet career came crashing down around me at the age of nine, I've never played an instrument again. Do you think that that you have more of an awareness of music, like a music appreciation because of the time that you spent playing music? Did, did you get anything out no. of that? No. But again, let's be clear. I played music for like less than 18 months. And I will say, I have a deep hatred of music. Like classical music, my niece, who I adore, is an unbelievably talented French horn player. She plays in her college symphony. I have gone to several of the performances because I love my niece. And it is like driving thumbtacks into the back of my hand to listen to a five section Mahler piece. You're I waiting for them to play can't like <laughs> stand it. They need to play You've Got a Friend in Me for, for you, yeah, not just for I'm the like, kids. Would a little Beyonce kill you kids? Come on. Why not this song? Yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah, a little believer by one one not one direction. Uh Imagine Dragons. You've never heard of that one? My I have a genuine aversion to classical music perhaps stemming from my clarinet based trauma as a nine-year-old but it took me a long time to even admit that i just i hate it <laughs> i know it's shocking <laughs> i don't know what to say my, do my, you love going to a concert and listening to music um well here's what's interesting so so my son who's super musical he's in a children's chorus so he plays the um, cornet. He plays the piano and he also sings in a children's chorus that's really good. And they did a a Christmas music, like nine piece, Bahu Rahu sort of, you know, song thing right. at church with the robes. And yeah, I'm I'm transported by that. But I will say chorale music I love. Okay. All right. But he his piano teacher wanted to take him and one other boy because of course with a boy there's also a thing that you're, he's 13 he's still willing to be in this chorus he's still willing to play the piano and he's gifted he needs to be doing this but I keep waiting for the day that it's like this is Not you know cool. this is yeah this isn't cool anymore and I don't want to do it um, and his piano teacher wanted to take him and another sort of you know early teenager boy who were two most senior boy students um, out on a Saturday evening to see the Vienna Philharmonic play at Carnegie Hall and I said, oh, that's so nice of you, thinking like, oh, I'm going to have to totally sell this to this to this kid, that this is a wonderful opportunity and he's going to, you know, be dragged, kicked, kicking and screaming the whole way. 
He was totally Inuit, got dressed up, shirt and tie, went to Carnegie Hall, came home, was so excited to tell me about the piece. Then he wants to pull it up on YouTube. Then he wants to pull up another symphony on YouTube so we can listen to this part. How did they, who, who played this part better? And he, uh, he had this total symphonic interest that went way beyond mine. I thought, oh, this kid, like there's 10 things he'd rather do in a Saturday night than this. And he loved it. And so yeah, I was and like, that is such a great point. Like not projecting that onto kids. It's so easy to do that. Oh, my kid wouldn't be into this. And even my violin guy, like I, I don't want him to start the violin because he's going to want to give up it in two seconds. He's not a violin kid. And I'm wrong so far. That that instinct to say, I, I my aversion to the symphony, which is kind of profound, <laughs> I, I don't want it to... Luckily, my husband is a total chorale nerd, like traveled the world as part of a chorale. Like he's way chorale nerd. And so he has a great appreciation for all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, you can take the kids. Because mm-hmm. he took me the opera on like our seventh date. I was like, listen, if this is something you're into... You've got to find someone else to do this with. I have fallen asleep at the opera twice in my life for four straight hours. <laughs> but the chances are, yes, if he took, if he took your three kids to see, I don't, you know, the Vienna Chorale, that there's going to be one of them that's really going to be sitting on the edge of their seat, really, really taken with it, and the other two. I just are think that's like, such a good overall. Over. Like it's so tempting to be like, oh, I have little kids, I can't take them to the art museum. I have to take them to the like science museum where you can like splash in the water. Take them to an art museum. I'm always surprised by what my kids are interested in. You just, and it, we it, had an amazing program where we lived. Um, there's a beautiful um, space up near where I live that's like an outdoor um, music festival that runs in the in the um, summertime is the word I'm looking for. The warm time. That's called summer, right? <laughs> and uh, I had a friend who works in arts and... She said, well, Yo-Yo Ma is doing a concert for children at this space, and you should bring your kids. And I thought, three kids and an hour and a half long classical concert? Like, no, thank you. We went, and the kids kept being like, Yo-Yo Ma, that's such a funny name. Like, is he funny? And I'm like, no, it's not going to be funny. I almost said, like, it's going to be really boring. We just have to sit there. Right. My kids had the greatest time. First of all, it was a children's concert, so there was not a huge... The kids were sitting and kind of listening, but there wasn't an expectation that everyone would be silent. Yo, They played pieces, and then they, he was so smart. Yo-Yo Ma would say, okay, this is a piece about birds. And at the very end, there's a section where the whole orchestra raises up to make bird sounds, and I want all of you to think of your favorite bird and make that bird sound during that part. But that's not until the end. Wait for my signal and see if you can hear that it sounds like birds. And the kids would sit for 20 minutes like enraptured by this beautiful, unbelievable music. I'm almost getting choked up talking about it. And like then there would be this like explosion where the kids were allowed to make their bird sounds in the end. It was such a magical experience. And if you had said, do you want to buy tickets for this? I would have said no. I mean, basically, if my friend hadn't brought us along, like I would have robbed my kids and myself of that amazing day. It kind of reminds me of when, I mean, I need this. You go to the museum and you look at a painting and you think, eh, and then you read the little hundred word card next to it that it tells you why it's important and what you're looking for. And then you go back and look at the same painting and then, oh, now I see. Now I understand yeah. why it's hanging here. Um, that we all, we all need a way in, right? And yep. just maybe for some of us, 
if if you are musical, your husband has a way in a chorale. It's easy for him. He's very musical. He's very receptive to it. And so he doesn't need to have it sort of explained to him. And then some of us do. This this piece of music is really important because it was the first time they ever tried this. And it sounds like birds at the end. And that's I, I'd like that piece of music more, too, if, if I had that explained to me. Yeah, and it's it's just interactive enough that the kids feel part of it. They're not just like, oh, I'm sitting here listening to this horrible music. They just, it was it was a magical experience. So I kind of feel like we're saying musical instruments you that you must. You that, must. That you're you not must. So- I'm sorry, guys. Right? Um, we put this topic up on our Facebook page, and we got some hilarious responses about what is going on in your house. You mostly just said, hey, this is what's going on in my house. What did you? I, what I did believe you say? I, I I introduced it by saying tonight's soundtrack, Moose being slowly beaten to death, is courtesy <laughs> of our fourth grader who's playing the trumpet, because there is, I mean, it really that is the soundtrack of our lives right now, and the, like that is not a normal sound that I'm hearing. And there was a ground swelling. There was a, oh, people a movement. Really seemed to understand this problem. Um, Stephanie suggested that she her fourth grader started the recorder, which you know, I mean, welcome to hell. That's it's it's second grade out our way, which is too young. Uh, our for some reason they didn't send our kids home with recorders, which was brilliant. Mm. But she told her fourth grader that she had to go outside to practice or practice after school at her grandparents' house. <laughs> and I thought that sounds like a good idea, although it is twenty degrees where I live, so the possibility of the trumpet actually freezing to my child's face. Oh my Seemed gosh! Kind of a problem. It would be. I'm picturing like the sort of Mel Brooks movie scene that would occur if if my son went outside, you know, to play to play his cornet. That'd be like the lady leaning out the window, like be quiet. <laughs> exactly. You could. You know what? Send him down with the cornet and a pail. Maybe he'll make some money. <laughs> Right. So that maybe wouldn't work in New York City, but I, but a lot of people were like, oh, that's a really good idea. Send your kid outside. Did you see Jennifer? Her kids play percussion, which does sound like, okay, well, that's, that's the one thing you're not going to buy, but you can get these electronic drum sets and they wear headphones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely silent. I think that's kind of kind of genius. Elena says that her daughter either plays the cello or it's a coffin housing an animal dying in pain. She's not sure which one. <laughs> Um, Mary so Beth, just what Mary Beth wrote. Mary Beth said, for a short time, mine was murdering a crane, squashing an owl, dragging metal chairs across the floor, or perhaps playing a woodwind. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're feeling your pain out there. It's not, it's not pretty, and it's not easy, but you must. I think we've decided. Danielle said her kids play the trombone and the alto sax, and she made a good point that it's hashtag it gets better. That there that it is when they have been playing an instrument for four years, their recitals are more pleasant, their practicing is more pleasant. I now really enjoy. I can't believe I've gotten to the point where my thirteen-year-old will go practice the piano because he feels like it, and that there are pleasant sounds emanating from his room. But it happened, and it happened without me tying him to the piano bench either I wasn't tiger mom it about it. It happens but it won't happen three for three. I think that's also that's right. part of it. It's not going to be all three of your kids are suddenly going to be putting on like a chamber orchestra performance in your living room while you and your husband sip tea. No. Like it's not, it gets better but slowly and randomly. And it's not, and that's not the end goal f- for everyone. My, it is for me. I only care about having a table <laughs> orchestra of children. I, my daughter and I are obsessed with the Von Tromps and I keep, um, we love the sound of music. We watch it like every single night and I keep threatening my children that I'm going to turn them into a singing group. So far it's not going very well. She, she'd be into it, but not her brothers. 
oh yeah and I'm like you have to hold your hands like this and we're gonna work on our like tentacles and they're way not into it <laughs> I'm I gonna th- get the matching leader hose that I make out of curtains I have a vision but no one respects my vision but you make a good point that that a graceful exit, you know, can be uh, allowed in some circumstances for some kid. Like my eighth grader was sort of like, OK, I played the horn. I was pretty good. I wasn't that good. And I, you know, I appreciate music. So does and he play an instrument on. now in high school? He does not. So I do think that's a really interesting question is like whether or not like if my violin player comes home and goes to fourth grade band, he's a second grader now. So play violin for two years at great expense. Then in fourth grade he's like nah, I'm gonna take up the tuba now I just feel like oh it's so frustrating like do I keep him with the violin and I think you got to find a little bit of a middle this is one of those ones you've got to push them somewhat because they won't they won't get any better if you just are like completely lax about it that's what the um Amy Chua the tiger mom says and that oh, she, the tiger mom she I mean she's but she does say that sort of getting getting good at something is hard and being good at something is so fun and wonderful but but there's work in between and so that's why she made her kids practice the instruments for seriously three hours a day and then she had she sort of had it out like she had you know her would you do that i I don't know well she said there were no 15 minutes a day is hard to find no play dates no like uh she wouldn't let them be in the school play like nothing that wasn't worth their time they had to practice for three hours a day and then she had a ninth grader who just had a complete meltdown like i will not do this one more day and she ended up not quitting the violin and her mother having to have this whole realization is this for her is this for me and it it seems kind of crazy but i don't think she's wrong there's a middle ground between you do have to get them through the like oh i thought i wanted to play the violin but actually it's hard so no thanks no you're gonna stick with it you're not immediately gonna switch to the um the electronic drum set let's give this let's give this a year you said you were gonna do it let's let's go through the year yeah i think that's right when it comes to the time to quit it sort of becomes a little bit of a question of like as long you gotta you gotta find something that you're into (laughs) it might not be the violin It might not be like the clarinet either. On the quitting thing, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're off. We're off on the quitting. But I know yeah. it's hard. But if, if it was easy for me to let my my son was like, yeah, it wasn't that good. It was pretty good. I'm sort of like, yeah, that's about right. So yeah, I'm, that's I'm gonna let right. that be. It's like you got to kind of find that middle ground. That's like the world is going to continue to revolve without hearing him play the horn. But like my my kid who can really sing, I would have a much harder time if he said, I don't want to do the chorus anymore. I would. I would have a harder time with that. And then I'd have to explore, am I, is it because of me? Is it because I think you're talented and I love to listen and I'm proud to have you up there? Well, I don't know. Do you? Do you have to be, does it have to be driven by their love and their wanting to do it? At some no. point it does. At some point it needs At to be handed over. At some point it does. But no, it's okay to keep them in stuff. I mean, you know, everybody looks back and it's like, oh, it'd be so nice to be able to play the piano right now. Like, I think if the kid is saying like, I will not do this anymore. I am not into this. But my son cried on the way to violin three or four times. And I just kept saying, I think you're going to like it better once he, you can play a little bit. And once he learned that first song, now he practices on his own. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you're, if you see a way over the hump, keep going. But no, don't like glue your kid to the piano bench for four hours a day. <laughs> Not worth it. Kind of somewhere in the middle, we're going to come out. Yeah, let's come out. I mean, listen, if your dream is to have a kid who plays at Carnegie Hall... Listen, those kids are sitting at the piano bench three hours a day. I'm, that's not my dream. My dream is to have a Devon Tarp family singers. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to support you in that dream. Thank you. I'm going to hold you accountable. Concerts. <laughs> I may be the only one on stage because my children, as I might have mentioned, don't seem to be into it. But I'm just saying I'm going to make it happen. So we want to hear 
what musical instruments your kids play. How are you handling it at your house? Are you barely tolerating their screeching noises or is it something that's lovely to listen to? Oh, I don't know. If it's really going well, don't don't tell me. I don't want to know. I just want to know about the screeching. I don't want to feel uh, shamed by you people. Uh, but yeah, come and join the conversation because also some of you people are really, really funny and you're cracking me up. The uh, You can find us at facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast. We're also on Instagram at What Fresh Hellcast and we're on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And come to our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com because we're going to have funny things i wanted to do a special like a special um shout out this week for something that would be great for our listeners who are really enjoying the podcast to do um our latest can i read you our latest review on itunes which i loved from still ellison she says i have made my partner listen to episodes because it nails issues we've just been talking about like what's up with toddlers or what's up with teens possibly my favorite thing though is when the hosts quote their own mom's catchphrases or aphorisms there is something about that wisdom from the ages that i find very comforting (laughs) <laughs> I love that. So I love that. So I'm like, oh, that's great. Like if, you, if you're enjoying this podcast and your partner doesn't listen, get their phone, download a form and say, start listening. You're going to love this one. Or I think you should try this one. We were just talking about this. I think that's a great way to help us grow our listeners. Grab those phones, people. <laughs> Steal Grab your em. partner's phone <laughs> and download it. And that's instruments. Enjoy them or don't enjoy them. They're instruments if you must. You must. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next time. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.